0: Today on the Arts Report, a cross-cultural musical feast, a celebration of cabaret and musical classics called Purely Cabaret, and a review of the recent Feist documentary, plus a whole lot more including a ton of fun drive swag. So uh, stay with us and donate help us out. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Arts Report for November the 24th. My name is Adam Yanush, and I spent the entire weekend watching British game shows, and now I sound like this. If you don't like it, you can stuff it, you soddy blogger. I don't, I don't think those were words, but anyway, hello. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this one uh, program called um, uh, Nevermind the Buzzcocks, and uh, it's, a, it's a music-type uh, show where they have uh, celebrities, Anyway, um, but hello and welcome to the Arts Report. Uh, It is November the 24th and you are listening to CITR 101.9 FM or uh, online at CITR.ca. I am your host, Adam Janusz, and it is still Fundrive for two more days, which means that you can donate by calling 604-822-8648. Sorry, 604-822-8648 and help us reach our fundraising goal of 30 thousand dollars and so far we've raised eighteen thousand three hundred and seven so we are well over halfway but we're still several grand short. don't make me do the math just leave it at that that we still need your donations to uh, to uh, help us basically keep this keep the lights on and keep the heat going Uh, it's quite cold in here already so we desperately need need the money because we're all wearing uh, toques and scarves in here including myself and um, and also to digitize our our musical collection, our uh, CD collection, uh, we need to we need to um, you know it ain't free it ain't free to do that so everything that we do here at CITR it all comes from uh, a lot of it comes from your generous support so so please uh, help us out the number is eight two two eight six four All right. Now, on the show, we have uh, a ton of interesting things, including, as I said in the intro there, a cross-cultural musical feast that's called uh, Rising Beats on the Infinite Horizon, which is quite an epic name. We'll hear about that. Um, We are doing... uh, We have a feature on a show called uh, Secret in the Wings, which is a play coming to... or already playing, I should say, at Studio 58. And uh, I saw a sneak peek of it last week, and it's, uh, it's lovely. We'll talk to the director about that. There's a dance show called um, Experiments, wait, Experiments, Logic, and Emotion Collide. I think that's the title. Yes. And um, it's a really interesting show that combines uh, dance and scientists, ecologists. And it's sort of uh, the purpose of it all is to better get to the, 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 meaning, of, the meaning of life, really, but uh, to sort of bridge the gap between arts... and uh, and science, and so they've they've, uh, assembled a group of uh, brilliant scientists and brilliant dancers, and uh, they're going to be dancing about science. So that's going to be interesting, and we'll hear all about that. And, of course, we're giving away swag. So um, we still have some of the packages we had uh, last week, so all you have to do, this is how it works, all you have to do is call in the number, and you can have... Any Anything you want. But uh, we'll, we'll slowly sort of release things one at a time just to keep it focused. But uh, we'll be giving away Alexis on Fire tickets for November the 27th. Two ticks for uh, the November 27th show of Alexis on Fire at the PNE Forum. We're giving away a pack of three books from Thabas Books. Um, and it's a, th- a pack of three sort of fictional novels that are an excellent uh, read. And uh, you can get that for free. Uh, we also have, get this, two tickets and a $50 bar tab to 30 Live, which is at the, the Forum on Granville Street uh, for December 2nd. You can see local music and, um, and have a lot of drinks with uh, yourself and a buddy for... Uh, $50 worth of booze. And all you have to do is donate any value, any amount, whether it's $1, $5, $30, or $101.9. Um, we will give you this stuff in exchange. We've also got uh, Purely Cabaret, which is a show that you'll hear about later in the show. And uh, we'll give you two tickets to that. And a Chic Hydro 6 package, which is a shaving kit package. So all you uh, Movemberers, you can, um, you can wash up. In, uh, in style <laughs> with this package. Um, so uh, let's start with that one. If you want the shaving uh, package, which includes uh, sh- uh, razor, uh, shaving cream, uh, soap, Irish spring uh, soap, and many other items, a lovely uh, bag to keep all of these things in, call right now and tell them you want it. So call 604-822-8648, and you will get that. But we're going to roll along with the show and talk about rising beats on the infinite Horizon. So like Fusion Cuisine, the Vancouver Intercultural Orchestra is known for blending different flavors and cultures to produce music that nourishes the ears and feeds the soul. Their latest production, Rising Beats on the Infinite Horizon, focuses on the theme of rhythm, using an array of instruments from the violin and cello to things like the tabla, the santour, and something called an arhu. Now Moshe Denberg, the co-artistic director, or uh, head chef, if I can beat this metaphor a little further, explained how it, how to effectively mix all of these uh, these instruments and how to correctly uh, pronounce the the name uh, of the how to pronounce the instruments. But uh, but first, here's um, here's him explaining the name, where it comes from, such an epic name as Rising Beats on the Infinite Horizon.
1: Now Rising beats is the meaning of the uh, rhythmic emphasis but the infinite horizon is that we are looking to the future this is our future the future of the planet the future of cultures coming together learning from each other putting together new sounds new ideas and that horizon is infinite
0: mm. now some of the some of the instruments that compose this orchestra include uh, the flute and oboe, but also things like the tabla, congas, and even things like a santur and an erhu. Am I pronouncing that correctly? The
1: way you should pronounce it is arhu. Arhu. Like, like it's not—it's almost like an A, but it's like between an E and an A. I arhu. see.
0: Now I imagine with all these, this is quite a diversity of, of instruments. Is it is it difficult? Is that why uh is that why rhythm is sort of the the thing that ties it together? Because the, it's such a diverse range
1: well uh, rhythm is the theme of this specific concert but it isn't um, the reason uh, of, of course rhythm is a great connector mm-hmm. between a lot of things cultural and it is a very immediate one in fact some of the first uh, intercultural ensembles large scale were uh things were were entities that concentrated on rhythm, brought to get like world drums and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. But the uh, Vancouver Indicultural Orchestra is really the, uh, you know, all uh, caution is thrown to the winds, and we utilize <laughs> instruments from everywhere. So the arhu is uh, from China. It's a boat fiddle from China, but we also have certain percussion instruments, like the tabla, as we know, is from India. There's the darabuka from the Middle East. There's the santur, which is uh, a Persian well, Iranian uh, instrument, a hammer dulcimer from Iran. Mm -hmm. And then there's the oud, which is a pan sort of Middle Eastern uh, instrument. It's a lute. Mm -hmm. And there are many, many other things. I'm speaking specifically now. I mentioned the instruments that uh, comprise the non-Western part of the orchestra on this coming concert.
0: And I wonder what's what's the most difficult thing about uh, bringing together these instruments i mean do they is it really easy is it do they do they gel quite easy or easily or is there are there things that you find um that don't quite work
1: well let's put it this way mm-hmm. you have to learn uh, a lot about the vocabulary that an instrument has right it is challenging uh, for composers we have developed lots of materials, Uh, you know, it's almost our 10th year of existence, and, you know, we've developed a lot of materials for composers to study, and also with the musicians themselves. This is, you know, a... a a project that really challenges musicians and composers to work in a new way. Mm -hmm. There are several aspects of that new way. One is that you have to get to know every instrument afresh. You know, you're not writing for the stuff that you learned about in school. You're kind of going to school to learn about (laughs) instruments that are not part of the Western uh, instrumentarium. The other thing that makes intercultural music making difficult, or like, I shouldn't say difficult, but challenging, is that there are two major traditions in the world, classical, major art traditions, besides which we know of these two traditions within our own culture as well, which is the oral tradition and the written tradition. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in India, they have an oral tradition. That means that they do not begin by composing music on the page and learning to read that music on the page, but they learn from their masters orally, tremendously com- complex and intricate things, including rhythm, including melody and ornament. And this is how they acquire a very high level of professionalism and of technical mastery. Mm-hmm. Now, when you try to put that together with musicians, who are reading music, and you have composers writing for them, you have to make accommodation. You have to learn how to improvise a little bit. You have to utilize uh, the written materials in such a way that you could teach it to people who are more used to oral tradition. But you spoke about the challenges. There is a big challenge of bringing together the resources of the oral traditions and the resources of the written tradition.
0: And that was Moshe Denberg. So uh, this is uh, Rising Beats on the Infinite Horizon is on November the 28th at 8 p.m. at the CULCH, which is 1895 Venable Street in Vancouver. And tickets are $25, general, and $15 uh, dollars for students, seniors, and um, members. Vancouver Intercultural Orchestra members, uh, $15. Or for groups of 10, 10 plus. Uh, you can get more information at uh, the Cultch website, com, or you can get it from our website at citr.ca, where you will see uh, this week's Arts Report um, entry with all the links to uh, today's features. All right, so when we uh, come back, we'll talk about Purely Cabaret, and we'll also uh, give two tickets to, uh, to Purely uh, Cabaret that you can see uh, either this uh, Thursday or this uh, Saturday. So um, So stay with us for that. <coughs>
2: Hello there, this is Luke Neat, music director at CITR 101.9 FM, and I love money. It's all about the bread. I love to eat it. You should pledge to CITR's 2010 fund Drive because anyone can get involved in CITR. Anyone. This is your radio station. Own your frequency. CITR 101.9 FM. Dial 822-8648. That's 822-UNIT. Get the money.
0: Toronto and Ottawa, including Critics' Choice at the Ottawa Fringe, opera singer Lindsay sutherland bowl is bringing her one-woman musical experience called Purely Cabaret back to Metro Vancouver. It's a night of sultry vocals, cabaret classics, and as an added bonus this weekend, that's this Thursday and Saturday, musical favorites from Hello, Dolly, among others. Um, Lindsay stopped by the studio with her partner in crime, pianist and principal Repetiteur said so that right at the Vancouver Opera Kinza Tyrell for a chat about the show and I started by asking her um, what is so great about um, Kurt Weill's music, Kurt Weill being a composer uh, who worked in the 1920s and uh, and beyond to make uh, several cabaret classics including uh, the musical The Three Penny Opera so I started by asking her what's, what's so great about this guy?
3: Well, uh, Kurt's music is beautiful and melodious and lush and gorgeous, and when you put that together with Berchtold Brecht's uh, brutal, honest, raw, visceral text, it's like this explosion of awesomeness, really. It's, uh, it's, it's outstanding.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, what might people who might not recognize instantly the name Kurt Weill, what might they know uh, his music from?
3: Mm. Uh, everybody knows Mac the Knife. Mm-hmm. Oh, the shark has pretty teeth, dear, and he shows them pearly white. Yeah, that's Mac mm-hmm. and
0: Kurt. How do you go from you know having Kurt Weill songs that you like to a cabaret show? <laughs> Give us a taste.
4: <laughs>
3: uh, well, I wanted to do a show um, of all German music from Weimar, uh, which I did, and I and I went on tour with that. Um, but that has evolved into a show that encompasses kind of all kind of cabaret um, so more modern American type cabaret stuff but it all comes from the French and German traditions
0: mm-hmm. and now I've seen the show and, and one thing I can I can say with uh, certainty is um, that there's a, there's a great deal of emotion in the music um, that you sing because uh, would it be fair would it be accurate for me to say that it's kind of it's a fairly, like, stripped down, it's, it's an intimate evening, uh, you the two of you and the music. And yet, a great deal of emotion comes through the singing. Would that be an accurate characterization?
3: <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what cabaret is. Um, it's, the, it's storytelling between a singer, a pianist, and an audience. Mm-hmm. That's what cabaret is. So I'm mm-hmm. glad you got that. <laughs>
0: Thank you. <laughs> and Kinza, uh, how did you get involved?
5: Well, uh, I've known Lindsay for a couple of years now and I think I met you in Banff Mm -hmm. one summer at the opera program there. And um, we've had some coachings together where I was helping her with some Mozart arias and things like that. Um, And then I was here uh, in her life a year ago when she decided to go whole hog into cabaret and and put opera behind her. Mm -hmm. And I showed interest in that path that she was taking, and she said, are you interested in going through some of this repertoire with me and, and giving me some coaching on it? And I said, this is not my expertise. <laughs> I usually do, you know, German Lieder or French Melody or Opera, so okay. I'll do what I can. I'll give you some suggestions, but I'm really not sure if anything I'm going to say will be useful. And of course, she said, yes, it will. And so the more we did some of that together, she said, are you interested sometime in, um, in being my actual pianist, not just my coach on this music, but, but playing for me sometime? And I said, Certainly
0: with the, the Vancouver Opera right you yes. are the what is it called Repetiteur Repetiteur <laughs> Repetiteur or in German The
5: Core Repetitor. it literally means in English repeater so a rehearser a repeater a person that that repeats the music over and over Uh, And that's what we do in Vancouver Opera. I represent the orchestra at rehearsal. I play a reduction of the orchestra score. And six hours a day, six days a week, I'm there um, going over the music with the singers and actors um, to get it right. And so our job is, you know, stopping and starting all the time and repeating stuff. And my job is to uh, make sure that everyone's singing what's accurately on the page, the pitches, the rhythms, the interpretation, the style, the language, making sure the Italian sounds as Italian as possible Mm. and... I sometimes do some conducting we've had some conductors away this week mm-hmm. uh, the conductor and the assistant conductor have both been away this last week so my job is then conductor and we have another pianist come in and fill my job for a week so I get to do a, a number of different jobs cool. as a repetiteur
0: mm-hmm. repetitor. And, uh, and Lindsay what's, uh, what has Kinza added as, uh, as a coach and, and then beyond um, what did that contribute to the show?
3: well that's an easy answer <laughs> uh, Kinza makes me a better singer uh, Kinza allows me to do what I feel the music requires from me. Um, uh, with Kinza there, uh, I don't have to worry about uh, anything musically. Um, so she supports the music, she supports me, and, and she's brilliant at it. Uh, And I was just saying to her today, it sounds like there's, you know, eight hands or 12 hands playing and it's only her. (laughs) So she contributes on a musical level. She continues on an art, uh, contributes on an artistic level. It doesn't get better than that. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: And uh, we've kind of touched on this, but what's, if if the audience walks away with one thing, uh, seeing Purely Cabaret, what is that one thing?
3: I want our audience to leave... uh, having experienced live theater and live singing and, and uh, had a good time and want to come back.
0: Mm. Um, the show that's coming up in Coquitlam is, um, is similar and not similar to, uh, to the show you've had in, um, in other areas or, or mm. uh, as it has been performed in other places. Um, tell me how it's been um, updated.
3: It's been updated um, because the show is in Coquitlam And I grew up in Coquitlam. I wanted to talk about growing up in in Coquitlam and also bring in repertoire that represents that. And that turned out to be stuff from the Broadway stage and stuff from the kind of American songbook. So, yes, I'm still doing some of the the German repertoire in English, Mm -hmm. um, but more popular tunes. Such uh, as? Well, um, there's stuff from Hello, Dolly. There's stuff from um, The Music Man. Um. There's some. Well, well, Mac is in there, but uh, Ken's is doing a wicked version of that. <laughs> um, and some other um songs. Then.
0: great, and then you, and then also still some of the the German repertoire.
5: A lot of my, not a lot of mine, but I have two piano solos that I'll be playing mm-hmm. throughout, and and those are vile. So they'll get some Germanists without mm-hmm. words from that. <laughs>
0: Repetiteur. I love that word. Um, All right, so thanks to Lindsay sutherland Bowl and Kinza Tyrell for that. Now... um Purely Cabaret is coming to the Evergreen Cultural Center in Coquitlam, and that's this Thursday and this Saturday. So that's November 25th and November the 27th. Now, tickets are regularly $25 for adults or $20 for students and seniors, but we'd like to give you uh, tickets to that show if you call our uh, donation line and uh, and help us reach our goal of 30 $1,000. Any donation, big or small, is, is good. We, we love it, we appreciate it, and we'll be very thankful for it. And uh, so give us a call 604 822 8648. And we'll give you two tickets to uh, the Purely Cabaret show at the Evergreen, Evergreen Cultural Center in uh, Coke, Woodland. All right, um, so let's, let's move on. To the next one, which is Look at What the Light Did Now. Last week, Arts Report contributor Jasmine Thomas checked out Look at What the Light Did Now, a documentary about Feist, as she put together her explosively successful album, The Reminder. The film screened at the Van City Theater as part of Push Plus. Which is cool stuff that Push presents outside of the regular festival time period, uh, because uh, the artist or a film is, is available at the time, and the good folks at uh, Push want to uh, want to celebrate it. By the way, uh, the Push Festival is coming soon, January 18th to the uh, to February the 6th, and there's a deadline for early bird Push passes, and that's December the 9th at 5 p.m. So get them now, and you can save 30% off regular tickets. And you can do that by going to pushfestival.ca. But anyway, back to the film. Here's Jasmine explaining what it was about.
6: It's pretty much a backstage pass into the creation of The Reminder, one of Feist's albums, and how it reached Grammy nomination. Mm -hmm. And it reveals many of her relationships with people that helped her on the album. And she calls those people her amplifier.
0: Amplifiers. Okay, what are those?
6: There are people like her photographers, musicians, shadow puppeteers and directors that Mm -hmm. helped create the reminder and make it a success.
0: And and why does she, like it seems like she places a lot of uh, importance on, like what's the value of these amplifiers, why are they so important to her?
6: Um, Because they help to expand the scope of her influence and if you pick the right amplifiers, Mm -hmm. they are going to make sure that what you want to say is said correctly.
4: Hmm.
0: Okay. And so uh, what happens in the film? Like, what's um, what takes place? Like, is it just her in a studio? That's kind of boring.
6: <laughs> well, okay. I mean, there is parts <laughs> that are kind of boring, I guess. But um, you also get to talk to a lot of the people that were the amplifiers, or not really talk to, but it is a conversation because you're involved in it, you're watching, yeah. and uh, you get to see and experience their opinions as well as hers. So it's a lot of interviews mm-hmm. threaded together in a nice, coherent way.
0: So what did you think of it?
6: I thought it was amazing. Why? But I just like Feist, and I think her music is awesome, so.
0: Well, you did say it was a little <laughs> boring at times. So is it just because you like Feist that, that you enjoyed it, or, or does um, it have value for other people?
6: It could have value for other people just because it presents them interesting ideas. And the only reason it was boring is because, I mean, interviews do get tedious after a while.
0: Okay. And, um, now what's this about, uh, Feist has a thing about messiness, or, is that right?
6: Yes. Well, the thing that I got in from the film was that she wants to be very imperfect, Mm -hmm. because it makes it easier to relate to an artist if they're less iconic.
0: And less polished.
6: And less polished, less perfect. perfect Because we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And then it seems to me, when I look at some artists, their lives are so sculpted, Mm. and their music is so perfect yeah so glossy there's, and
0: so smooth it's and so
6: produced and so okay. exactly what they're looking for
0: so how does she get that effect
6: i thought it was really interesting how at the beginning of one of her songs i can't remember which one it is but there's the sound of heels walking mm-hmm. on the ground and i thought that was just a computer enhanced sound but um, during the film, we were shown her walking down the stairs of the studio and recording her voice as she was walking. Mm. And then they just used that as the introduction to that song.
4: Okay.
6: And there is another song, I think it's called The Park. And it was actually recorded in a park mm. because that gives it kind of the. the You don't know what sounds are going to be in the background. Kind there's of the this uncertainty. Th- there's this background as I mean, a, a dog could bark, a baby could cry, mm. the wind could blow. You don't know. Mm hmm. And then there was another one where they filmed it entirely in one segment, so it wasn't like they filmed sections of the song and then edited it together. They just filmed it in one go. Mm -hmm. And they did 27 takes and used the first one. Oh, wow. (laughs) Which I think is interesting because, I mean, the first one is going to be the least... Perfect. Yeah, one. you have had the wanted. least tries. <laughs>
0: so why did they? The question is, why do they keep doing it another twenty six times? Oh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's something about clay and vinyl. What? What's that
6: about? Oh, uh, her shadow puppeteers. So, uh, during her concerts, there's always that background. You know, a DJ concert's it's very technological with lots of flashing lights and is stuff.
0: There? You tell me. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, on movies, make it seem like that. But okay. uh, so at her concerts, there's always the background of some moving image that is produced by someone that's live on the stage.
4: Mm.
6: So, uh, the one song, I can't remember which one again, she would have a piece of vinyl laying laying over, laid, laying (laughs) over top of a light, and there was clay on top of it, and her shadow puppeteer would run her hand over the clay and draw images in the clay, and then because the light was underneath, it would just show a darkened image of her hand moving across The screen, and so that was the backdrop to her concert. Oh,
0: and hence, look at what the light did now. Yes. Did I get that correctly? Yes. Okay. You got it. Great. You got it. So now is this film coming out on DVD so people can see it? Yeah, December 7th. Aha. Yes. Aha. Great. Well, thanks for coming (laughs) in and telling us about it. For sure. Yeah, thanks to Jasmine Thomas for that one. And as you heard, December 7th is the date that Look at What the Light Did Now is coming. To DVD, so we're gonna take a short break. But when we return, we still have uh, half the show left, <laughs> and let me tell you what that will include: uh, Studio 58 play called *Secret in the Wings*, which is an exploration of, of dark fairy tales for kids and adults alike. Then we'll uh, we'll find out how the cult will be turned into a forest uh, in the coming days, and uh, and then we'll also talk about a uh, dance piece. Um, by link dance that is going to unite uh, ecologists and dancers into an exploration of uh, of life. So um, stay with us.
4: baby.
7: CITR 101.9 FM wants you to own your frequency. Donate to CITR between November 16th and 25th and take ownership of your station.
2: How do you sleep at night? On top of a pile of money
5: with many beautiful ladies.
7: This is your station. Support CITR's Fund Drive 2010.
2: CITR Fund Drive 2010, November 16th to 25th. Visit citr.ca to learn more.
0: And we're back on the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM as well as citr.ca. And uh, we're also on uh, podcasts as well, which you can find at citr.ca under the Shows tab, where there's a podcast button, where there's an Arts Report uh, list, where there's an Orange button, which will get you to, uh, to the subscription. That's, that's really not as difficult as I just made it uh, sound. And if you happen to be listening to this uh, on the podcast, and let's say it's Thursday of, um, of this week, you, which is uh, um, November the 25th, then you can still call in. You can still call six zero four eight two two eight six four eight and uh, and and give us a kindly donation of any amount that you like to help us reach our fundraising goal of thirty thousand uh, dollars to which end we are already uh, halfway we have raised over eighteen thousand dollars, and uh, we are really overjoyed with um, the, um, the the bursts the bursts of thousand dollar increments that uh, have been coming in. From, from listeners like yourself and if you've already donated uh, thank you so much because um, it's your donation that allows us to do what we do here uh, at the Arts Report certainly and every other show here at CITR we can't do it without you and, uh, and we really appreciate your support uh, I would like to take this time to uh, thank uh, some people who have donated uh, that I know about in particular um, so thank you to uh, Zelda uh, thank you to Nathan, thank you to Sunny, and thank you to Tracy, uh, who gave $101.90 uh, uh, on the on the uh, Arts Report page, because if you go to citr.ca slash donate, you can actually just plug in your credit card numbers and all that all that jazz and you can actually put it sort of make it uh, make it official that um, that you like the arts report and that's and that's why you're you're giving your donation to CIITR so thank you to all of you guys and anybody else who I didn't just name but if you were listening to the arts report and you donated or you just donated to any other show um, thank you very much and um, all right so yeah so thanks, thanks for that. Uh, now speaking of fundraising, there's another fundraising thing going on that's called uh, Movember, and um, for for the last few weeks I've been I've been rocking my my stash. It comes naturally to me, I have to say, since I was twelve. But, <laughs> but people all over the city have their mustaches, and it's all going towards uh, prostate cancer research. Uh, one such other mustache grower is uh, is Simon, my uh, sound engineer here. At the Earth Report.
8: Hello, Simon. How's it going, Adam? Great. So you've got you're rocking the tash as well. Yes, I am. We uh, we call it tash over in Ireland. We don't call it a stash. Right. And uh, yeah, rocking it, it came in nicely. Now I'm feeling my tom, my inner Tom Selleck.
0: <laughs> nice. Now.
8: Are people coming up to you and, and wanting to do- to donate? Yeah, well, uh, people are asking me about how can they donate, mm-hmm. and you can either send them to your page or your everybody gets a Movember page when right. you when you register, mm-hmm. and then people just basically put in their credit card details and lodge the money straight in, mm-hmm. or else I made up my own. Uh, sheet with, kind of like on Excel, and people mm-hmm. can write in their own amount. And nice. Pay. You made your
0: own form that people yes, can just put in with a little, little
8: moustache and everything on it. <laughs> and how much, may uh, I ask how much you've brought in? Um, I have over about $300. Wow. Yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, no. Which entitles me to two tickets to the Movember Ball. And what is that? The Movember Ball is uh, an exclusive ball for Movember. bros mm-hmm. and uh, if you raise over $200, they send you um, two tickets online. And you just print them out. It's in the Fortune Sound Club on 147 East Pender. Uh And that's on the 2nd of December from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. And the dress code is for guys to dress whatever suits your Mo or as an ultimate Mo icon and girls to suit your Mo bro or fancy dress. So it should be one hell of a ball. Very nice, very nice. And that brings to mind another
0: Movember uh, party that's coming up on November 27th which is this Saturday, and it's called So You Think You Can Stash, the Mustache Showdown, and that's going to be at the Forum at 1163 Granville Street this Saturday. And uh, prou- prizes will be given out for Best Burt Reynolds, Best Tom Selleck, and Best Teenager Mustache. And tickets are $15, with partial proceeds going to the Movember Cancer Fund. And, of course, it will feature live bands and DJs and a whole lot of facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so let's move on to Secret in the Wings. Now, dark fairy tales are explored in this show at Studio 58 called Secret in the Wings, written by Mary Zimmerman. It's a quirky and humorous look at lesser-known fairy tales, including The Princess Who Wouldn't Laugh, Three Blind Queens, and The Snake Girl Who Refused to Die. So I went over to Studio 58 to get a sneak peek and afterwards met with director Mike Stack, who is also a professional actor as well as a teenage actor expert. That is to say, um, bringing Shakespeare to Vancouver high schools as a guest director. So um, so here's Mike Stack talking about how fairy tales continue to be relevant in, uh, as you know, generation after generation.
7: I think yeah I mean uh, part of the thing I mean you know we all know fairy tales that uh, are being read to children today the same way the the same tales are being read to kids today that were read to me that were read to my grandparents that were read to their you know grandparents and uh, so their their relevance is uh, I mean that's uh, that's taken for granted they're they're entirely relevant and I think what what Zimmerman is taking a look at is uh, not only why are they relevant but who are they relevant for and how are they relevant for me today as a 46-year-old sitting back and looking at them hmm. and um fairy tales i mean it's interesting cuz i you know i'd never really explored them before but but they they you know, the writings by Carl Jung and by Bruno Bettelheim and, and by another gentleman whose name escapes me at the moment, mm-hmm. um, you know, these have been heavily studied as far as what are the effects and how, how, how should we, how, wh- why, wh- what are children looking for in these and how should we leave children with these? And, and actually the complexity of the psyche that's mm-hmm. at work in the fairy tales mm-hmm. that is still relevant, you know, that fairy tales deal heavily with uh, love and loss. Mm-hmm. Um, Love is is often broken in fairy tales. Death is very present in fairy tales, as is the people who are probably the closest to you or the most important to you leaving you. Mm. And throughout my life, those are things that have affected me very deeply. They certainly probably affected me when I was a little child as well. But looking on them from a point of view nowadays, I've had a lot of love and a lot of loss in my life and to look at them through the eyes of, whether it's the eyes of a parent leaving a child, um, th- uh, th- through the eyes of a lover leaving a lover, through the eyes of someone someone leaving you through death. Mm-hmm. And all these things come up um, simply as story points in these tales. Do you think that to, to some extent many fairy
0: tales are for adults as much as they are for kids?
7: I th- I think so. I think that any stories that, that uh, you know, have survived for as long as they do I teach a lot of Shakespeare and uh, with young people and I think the same thing, we find ourselves, things that we can find ourselves in uh, as humanity um, uh, survive the ages um, in literature certainly and I think that's true for all ages. Um, you know the central story of, of, of an ogre, of, of feeling like a beast, of, of the inability to find beauty inside of oneself. Right, because of how you feel or what you think, how you think everyone perceives mm-hmm. you. Um, uh, for people I know who are ready and willing to be honest with themselves, I think we all kind of feel that way sometimes.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Now you've talked about uh, uh, your work with Shakespeare and, and with uh, with high school students. So I'm curious, um, how do high school stu- working with high school students? How does that compare with working with adults here? <laughs> quote-unquote adults yeah
7: I want to make the note that Adam made the sign of quote marks when he <laughs> said adults um, I well it's a in some ways it's a huge difference and in other ways it isn't you know theater is a playground and uh, I espouse play I'm a big fan of play um, there's a uh, someone uh, Simon Callow not not the guy from the <laughs> thing that we out. all know no the actor Simon Callow from England uh, uh, in his book being an actor there's a lovely line that says play should be at the heart of rehearsal as it should be at the heart of performance. And there's a sense of play and wonderment in, in uh, you know, I work with young people as young as eight. I work a- heavily with teenagers. Um, but then you come here, and not only do you have people who maybe have a passion and, and a desire to want to play, but you've got people who are honing their craft. You've got people who are studying with some of the finest teachers around. You know, they have they understand Um they're, they're at the beginning of their journey of what potentially could be a, a life in the theater for many of them for most of them I think it will include a life in the arts mm-hmm. somehow for many of them it will include a life in the theater not necessarily as an actor I mean 25 years later I can look back because I went here and think that you know a lot of uh, numerous of my friends from those days are still involved in, in either film theater or the arts in some way mm-hmm. many aren't because that's just life path no matter what you do. But, you know, mm-hmm. many are. Um, but, but here th- there's a skill level that, you know, as a director, and especially as one, I guess I would call myself a, a young director, you know, because I, I haven't directed a lot at the professional level. In fact, I'm doing another one later in the year. Um, and this has been a great stepping stone because what I need to do in, at the high school level, I need to really step up and tell people what to do. These mm-hmm. young emerging uh, potential professional actors that are studying here I have to learn to step back and allow them to find their process, allow them to take it to the next level.
0: Almost and like not interfere?
7: Yeah, yeah, get out of the way. I mean, that's one thing as a director, you know, i I, I, I very strongly opinionated about what I want, but then mm-hmm. at some point I need to step back and let them find their way through the vision that I've kind of espoused to them, you know. And I'll continue to clarify it for them, I'll continue to, but but I also need to respect the different the 22, there's 22 actors, the 22 different processes at work mm. and try and figure out a way to to, to, to allow them the room to grow,
4: mm.
7: you know? Because otherwise, what we're going to get is 22 actors doing what the way Mike would do it. And because right. I'm an actor, that's a very easy for me to step into and go, oh, this is the way I would do it, and that's not my job as a director, mm. you know?
0: Mm. Just to throw it back uh, to the show for one last yeah. question, why... Wha- in in in, why should people see it
7: oh well you know what I think it's a departure from most other things you're gonna see uh, theatrically at the moment there's lots of great theater in Vancouver you know and uh, I I'm I'm glad to see people seem to be coming back to the theaters I studio 58 is still one of my favorite places to come because I think um, we do have the ability to do something like a, a show with 22 people in the cast that, you know maybe a, a professional theater company can't afford I think this is an intriguing anybody who's seen any of Mary Zimmerman's work uh, uh, th- this this piece is intriguing it, it 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 asks questions more than it provides answers it has movement it has music it has princes it has an ogre it has children you know it's uh, it's got something that the at the heart of it that that made me fall in love with it um, I think that uh, if nothing else, you know, it, it's a cornucopia of fairy tales that especially that, uh, from an audience point of view, come back and, and revisit these things that we call fairy tales, and I think you'll be surprised with what you find. Thanks very much. Great, thank you.
0: And that was Mike Stack talking about Secret in the Wings, which is playing until December the 5th at Studio 58, which is at Langera. College And um, to find out ticket prices, they range from $17 to $22. Sorry, they range from $10 on Tuesdays to uh, $22 on Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, you can get more information on that at uh, langera.bc.ca slash studio58 or just go to citr.ca. And you can see the uh, this week's arts report uh, blog post and find all the appropriate links there i have to I have to add something that um, um, I knew Mike Stack a little in the sense that many, many years ago I did a play, one of the first plays I ever uh, directed. Um, Mike Stack was the adjudicator. he was sort of the the judge at uh, at a high school theater festival and um, and uh, what can I say well a friend of mine a friend of mine was telling me the other day isn't it amazing it's amazing how certain people in your life are important to you and they will never know it and you know and even if you told them they wouldn't they wouldn't get it and i have to say Mike Stack is that for me because he, we worked i worked extremely hard and uh, was ripping my hair out to make this play happen way way back when I was nineteen and I just really wanted somebody to to recognize the hard work that, that myself and all the high school kids that I was working with had put into it and he and he did that at the adjudication and he he recognized that it was that it was a good show and, and, and praised the, the actors and, and praised me and it was definitely a sort of a, a turning point in my life, where I decided, you know, this is this is valuable. The arts are valuable, and and kind of encouraged me to to stick with it. And so I wanted to say that to to Mike Stack uh, when I did the interview, but but I realized that there's no way. Even if I said it, there's no way that he would fully appreciate. And um, but uh, but maybe he does now. All right. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll what will we do now? We'll talk about synchronicity. Aha. But first, let me say, uh, let me throw the number out one more time and offer some more swag uh, for the fun drive. So the number is 604-822-8648. And uh, if you call right now and donate any value from $1 to $1,000 and anywhere in between, we'd like to give you two tickets and a $50 bar tab at uh, at 30 Live, which is a live music show that happens uh, regularly at the Forum on Granville Street. This one's for December the 2nd, which is next uh, Thursday. I think it's next Thursday. And we'll feature local bands, The Chase, River Run, and Like Animals again. So this way you can have two tickets and 50 bucks to blow at the forum. And all you have to do for it is give us a couple of bucks so we can reach our... Uh, total goal of uh, $30,000, to which we are already halfway, $18,307.37. So give us a ring-ding to 6048228648. All right. So, Deer Crossing the Art Farm is an artist collective that is based on the Sunshine Coast, but for one night they are taking over the culch and literally turning it into a forest with trees and everything. To set the stage for their wild mix of visual art sound sculptures film and more entitled synchronicity executive director chad herschler explained why deer crossing the art farm which is the name of the organization wanted to bring the sunshine coast to the inside of the culch, and answered whether they would complete the forest experience with ticks and mosquitoes so here's uh so here's chad uh talking about uh, the artists in the show
2: one of, one of the artists, one of the major artists involved in this project, Sandy Buck, is, is an uh, event designer, uh, textile designer, multimedia artist, and she's sort of taking on with a, with a number of other um, artists from Vancouver, uh, taking on the grand challenge of turning the, the culture lobby into the farm and forest that, that the art farm is, is based on. So we're going to actually be bringing in trees uh, and and then um you know setting it up all through the lobby and then and then uh, hanging different um, pieces of artwork all over that, that have been, that have been created out here i mean it's it's uh, it 'll definitely be a, a cult version of of forest but it 's going to it's going be, be wild for yeah. sure and,
0: and uh, give me a sense of um the different kinds of artwork and um, you know arts related stuff happening
2: so okay so in the it, this particular installation um, this past summer, we uh, we hosted a festival uh, called the Synchronicity Festival, and and um, there were about eleven artists from a whole bunch of different disciplines that were involved in that. And um, two of the artists were um, working on masks that they created for the event, both for the for the performers in the event and for the audience. There were these really um, beautiful masks. Carnival-like, kind of South American, in South American and indigenous, I guess, in in look and feel, and um, and so those are going to be on display. Some of the some of the really uh, incredible ones will be on display, and they'll also be on uh, on auction too for those right. people who who are looking to pick up some uh, amazing work. Uh, and there's going to be prints that um, we had a poet printmaker who who has her own. Printing press, uh, and she actually crafted out these. Well, they're called ogams and they're they're a um, old sort of Celtic rune in a way. They're they're symbols, and based on some of some of the lines from her poetry, she created these these ogams that she then uh, put onto these pieces of paper, and uh, along with the lines of poetry, they're really just beautiful in and of themselves. So those will be on display. Photographs, uh, photography, and uh, and then at the culture event on the stage, we're going to have uh, live original uh, tunes by Eric Amon, Darcy McCord, um, kind of one of one of Vancouver's best kept secrets, although I, I think it's getting out. And um, a local sound architect, Steve Wright. He's, he we call him a sound architect because he kind of builds spaces with. Uh, all sorts of things you wouldn't um, imagine you could make music with, and uh, and then we're having a film uh, premiere, a documentary of this uh, event that we did this this past summer.
0: Great, and uh, tell me why you know you're based on in the Sunshine Coast. Tell me why it was important to sort of uh, reach out
2: into Vancouver. Well, we um, we we've, we've always felt from from the beginning that uh, that this project, the Art Farm project. Um, is only going to last in you know, the long term, uh, and to a certain extent, even in the short term, with a strong connection to the city, uh, it's it, it needs that infusion of um, urban uh, creative juice, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and at the same time, um, the, uh, the you know we we believe that the that one of one of the effects that the art form can have uh, is kind of bridging the divide that currently exists between the city and the country, or the urban mm-hmm. and rural settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in in the arts world, is sort of <clears throat> there there's, there doesn't seem to be a lot of flow between those two worlds. There's uh, there's generally if there is flow, it's, it sort of goes from the city out into the country, and it's kind of um, Successful shows or successful artists bringing right. their work to to a small town which which is fantastic and and I know from living in a small town that that we need it we love it when, when artists come right. uh, but but I, there's there are amazing amazing you know artists that spend a lot of time in these uh, rural settings and uh, their work is is, diff- is different partly because of that it has a different um speed to it, a different uh, energy to it. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, really excited about about kind of creating some uh, cross-pollination between those two worlds.
0: <laughs> cross-pollination. Right. So yeah. it's, it's kind of about making it like a, more of a two-way street, right? So it's not just touring shows coming from the city to the country, but going the other way artistically as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, our, our, our dream is to, we, we're working on, projects now where they're usually nature-based projects that we do. They're, they're um, kind of bringing artists that normally are in galleries or in theaters or, you know, uh, in cafes and plunking them out into forests and sort mm-hmm. of uh, wilderness and so on and seeing what that kind of what that creates. So dream-wise, we, we hope uh, we can actually do that, bring, you know, get that to a level where where it's um you know people really are extremely excited and inspired by it and bring that to the city because i think that's something um that rural artists can share is they have a connection to nature that that uh that not not all urban artists have Hmm. great
0: well it sounds like a very intriguing event hopefully uh people won't get um you know, mosquito bites or other bites in the, in the culch <laughs> forest.
2: <laughs> we can guarantee that. There's, there's, there's no mosquitoes at the culch event. We can't guarantee that up here, but. Uh, but you can we, down there. You can down there. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for telling us about it. You bet. Thanks. Thanks
0: for having us on. And that was Chad Hirschler talking about synchronicity, a wild multimedia adventure. At the Colch on November the twenty seventh, twenty ten. Tickets are twenty five dollars in advance, thirty at the door. Doors open at seven thirty p.m. It's an all ages show, and it begins uh, at eight. Yes, begins at eight p.m. And you can get more information on that on our website at citr.ca or thecolch.com. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll tell you about uh, experiments, logic, and emotion collide. Art. art. Versus science.
8: Hi, this is uh, Sam from the Go team, and you are listening to CI of one hundred one nine FM in Vancouver.
0: All right, we're back on the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver. And we're doing fun drive for just two more days. That means you only have until tomorrow to uh, donate to our cause and help us raise $30,000 so that we can digitize our CD collection and, uh, and keep going and keep the lights and heating on for another year and do what we do here uh, at CITR. So give us a ring at 604 822 Four, eight, And if you do, uh, we'll give you two tickets to Alexis on Fire, playing on November the 27th at the PNE Forum. That's right. You heard it here. It's Alexis on Fire, which is the massive, massive band that sells many tickets to their shows, and we'll give you tickets to that. So call in to 604-822-8648 and for any donation value we'll give you two tickets to that um we'd also like to say a big thank you to halina who gave us 60 bucks and claimed the chic hydro uh, shaving package so thanks so much for, for giving us uh, that. That helps uh, The Arts Report reach its goal of uh, 300 bucks. You know, uh, Every show has at least um, a goal of $300. And um, we're well on our way. With one, one day left, I think we're at $260. we are well over two-thirds of the way here at The Arts Report to, uh, to meeting our show goal so that, you know, so that The Arts Report doesn't look bad compared to everyone else at the radio. So thanks so much for that. Okay. Uh, art versus science, left hemisphere versus right hemisphere, logic versus emotion. Link Dance is exploring these verses in a unique show that brings together dancers and ecologists to form a better understanding of the world. Artistic director of Link Dance, Gail Lotenberg, came to the CITR studios and I asked her just how literally the dancers would portray um, ecological activities on the stage. But first, um, I asked her, we, we had a chat um, about um, about dance itself.
9: Well, I think, you know, what, what dance does that's unusual is that dance embodies. Rather than intellectualizes, <laughs> we actually take things into our body and we respond from a physical point of view. And that's not the normal language of our society anymore. I mean, it used to be when we were like, more. most people were laborers and right. farmers or whatever. But people who live in a physical relationship with the land, you know, maybe have more of an embodied lifestyle. So I mm-hmm. think dancers are no longer the norm, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of how we process ideas. So I do think we have a lot to contribute. In this particular project, though, we don't just rely on our bodies. You know, we're collaborating with a group of scientists. So the scientists don't do dancing? <laughs> they, uh, oh, well, only one does a little bit. <laughs> um, but no, the the, the scientists... Um, One performs live, and the others perform all through video projection, and they're mostly Mm -hmm. speaking. I mean, the language of science is is a verbal language. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the 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 ability of these scientists to speak. (laughs) In <laughs> <It's> remarkably, <mind-blowing. laughs> yeah, they're amazing. I mean, they're remarkably intelligent, yeah. and they use as few words right. as you could possibly need to articulate an incredibly complex subject. And is, so, that,
0: is that because they're using these amazing, these these large, clunky, you know, nomenclature that me. that just so efficiently uh, hits at what they're trying to say? Well, it's
9: <laughs> awesome that you should say that because I think that's one of the reasons why I've decided to do this piece. I think we have an image of what science science is about and then you meet scientists Mm -hmm. and they they don't go they don't don't reflect each other at all Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. the stereotype is that they would be like you know they would use really large words Mm -hmm. and they would speak over your head but really what i find is amazing about scientists is they are interested in an elegant Mm -hmm. idea and they use that language and when an elegant idea means to get at the simple truth yes within a, a complex system. Yes. And so they actually speak in very... They're like, you know, Hemingway. They they speak really? very complex notions in very small words and very simple language. And in that sense, I think they're like poets. Mm. And so that's actually one of the ways that I've approached the piece is to try and capture the poetry wow. of, their, of the way they speak. So they speak in the piece and we mainly dance, (laughs) (laughs) but we all do maybe a little bit of kind of blurring the boundary, just Mm -hmm. a bit.
0: (laughs) So give us a sense uh, for radio of uh, what it will look like.
9: Well, the piece is um, a series of three experiments, and you could say that Mm. the ending is the beginning of the fourth. And um, the audience will experience an an experiment or a sense of experimentation throughout the piece, throughout the show. I won't tell you how because that okay. would give it all away. <laughs> Don't give it away. But we do have fun um, with the notion of experimentation because experimentation is all about being clever, mm-hmm. trapping an idea, seeing if you can find a trap for your I- your hypothesis, and so we do that in the piece. And there's one, um, so they'll you know people will be seeing a notion of experimentation played out through physical through through a physical mm-hmm. embodiment of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be seeing. Uh, portrayal of sort of natural systems, because the scientists that we're, u- we're working with, mm-hmm. they are all in the world of behavioral ecology. Okay. So they study the behavior of animals, and okay. so we're creating an environment in which the audience also is looking at a nonverbal language of movement and uh, seeing if it could if they can be as, um, as, perc- as perceptive a viewer mm-hmm. as the scientists might be. Um,
0: so, for example, would would uh, if the scientists are focused on the um,
9: focus on behavioral ecology?
0: Yes. Then, then do the dancers sort of ever play out the animals?
9: Is it ever that literal? Uh, no, no. It's never that literal. But no. really, are we animals? Mm. Right in the very n- notion okay. of our being, we are we are animals, and one of the things that makes dance so interesting and mm. why it's probably the least popular art form of all of our art forms. You think so? Is, I think so. I mean, very few people watch dance. Lots of oh. people enjoy doing dance, but not that many people come to watch dance compared to something like music, right? Mm-hmm. Where we have right.
0: huge everybody's audiences for a musician music, these right? days, yeah.
9: And the, but who comes? I mean, when you you know, you know, a big rock star comes to the G M Place, and I mean, they can fill. That stadium, right. you know, there's you not a dance a stadium company stadium. in the world that <laughs> could fill a GM
4: Place. Would,
0: yeah, that is a funny thought, and
9: I think it's because you know we're not used to. Um, I think that uh, dance is not the most popular art form because we don't know that we can actually watch dance and be watching the animal nature of ourselves, our ability to communicate without words, because yeah. our our bodies are incredibly articulate mm. and our 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 basic skills as human beings is to be able to read the nonverbal language of the people we interact right. with i mean my god like you know most of the cues you pick up from your partner in the morning are nonverbal you know <laughs> we grunt at each other and, you know yeah, stumbles <laughs> yeah you know i mean think about it right throughout the day we read a lot of nonverbal language yeah. and um, communication so why not with why not in in the art form? Wow. So I'd say, yeah, I say we we are animals, and so no, I never try, and th- they never turn into animals because mm-hmm. that's that's hor- that's corny, it's sure. hokey, right. and so we, we're not really verging on hokey in this mm-hmm. piece. What we, we're trying to do is capture a dialogue that's been going on for three years between a group of scientists and a group of dancers about where our art form, uh, sorry, where our work lines of work intersect mm-hmm. and where they diverge mm-hmm. where sometimes we used to think that they diverge and we actually see that right. there's actually a lot of similarities mm-hmm. um one of the scientists in the collaboration was a is a professor emeritus from here at ubc mm-hmm. his name was lee gas and um lee Gass is a phenomenal storyteller i mean he's just off the charts you know he's one of the best storytellers you'll ever hear mm. and so we captured that in the piece um another scientist who is a professor emeritus from SFU, mm-hmm. most clever, witty guy you'll ever meet. I mean, he's he's always tricking everybody, and so he's the <laughs> trickster in the piece, and there's a whole section of the piece that is devoted to me trying to match his wit. Okay. Whether I succeed or not I think is up to the audience to right. decide, but you know, those are some of the, um, the ways that I would say this is a manifestation of a dialogue yep. rather than um, just one person's ideas.
0: Mm. Great. Well, thanks so much for telling us about it.
9: Yeah. Well, let me tell you the interesting stuff. Um, So, Experiments is a dance piece, Mm -hmm. but it has an original um, musical score by a composer named Geordie Walker. The music is amazing. It's one of the few dance pieces I think people will see this year where they would actually like to take home the CD as opposed to be glad to get out of the (laughs) sonic environment of a contemporary dance. And
0: uh, I guess that's the end of that interview. Um, and also oh, there's a not... live
9: video projection design mm-hmm. by Sammy and Shenghan Chen, And they are, uh, Sammy's a student at SFU in the Contemporary School for Contemporary Arts. And these guys are creating a, a video design that's all based on uh, interactive new media. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. just tremendous to watch the technology at work mm-hmm. in the video projections. And the dancing is stunning.
0: <laughs> to put it simply, it is stunning. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you okay, that's the real end of the interview. That was Gail Lotenberg talking about experiments, logic and emotion collide being put on by link dance and um, yeah, sorry about that uh, this is this is one reason why um, why you should donate to CITR is so that we don't have these weird jams where suddenly the interview stops and then I make a fool of myself on air um, if you If you could donate to us, then we can get better equipment and that sort of thing won't happen and uh that would be awesome so give us a ring to 604-822-8648 and help us get better equipment now um before we move on i should tell you about um i should tell you about where this event is it's going to be at the scotia bank dance center and it's um thursday through saturday november 25th until november the 27th at 8 p.m this is of course the corner of granville and Davy street and uh, you can get tickets from our website, which is c i t r. dot uh, c a, and um, and see this this really cool show that um, that sort of breaks the stereotypes of what uh, of what scientists are and speaks in the language of uh, of dance, which I think is really cool. Okay, so um, we're sort of nearing nearing the end of our show, and we're a bit late, but we're actually going to go until uh, six thirty. So we're just going to kind of slowly ebb. Out of uh, out of the show and into a sort of no man's land of um, of music and uh, and talk until six thirty. So you're welcome to stay to stay with us um, for another half hour. There is one thing left from this show that I didn't get to play at the very very beginning, which was a clip from Rising Beats on the Infinite Horizon. This was the first thing that uh, we had at five o'clock today, um, and it's um, it's a thing being put on by the Vancouver Intercultural Orchestra. Where it's an orchestra that blends music from all over the world, so instruments of every every sound and uh, and shape and uh, and tone is uh, is blended in a sort of um, multicultural musical event, and so uh, we'd like to you to hear a piece of that. So um, so here's I'm gonna try to pronounce this Kusumamaya. Yeah, have a listen. the Vancouver Intercultural Orchestra presenting a portion from the upcoming show Rising Beats on the Infinite Horizon which is coming to the Historic Theatre at The Kulch for one night on November the 28th at 8pm tickets to that are $25 $15 for students, seniors and and uh, and Vico members, VCO being Vancouver Intercultural Orchestra members. And you can get uh, more information on that at com or by going to citr.ca and looking at uh, this week's Arts Report blog entry. And you can get all the links to everything that we had on today's show. So um, I guess I'll sort of officially wrap up the show uh, with a few random uh, announcements And last minute swag uh, announcements. So, we are doing the fun drive. And if you call in to 604 822 8648, um, we would like to give you uh, a pack of books from Thebus Books. And they've given us a pack of three, three novels, one of them called Two Trails Narrow. Let me tell you about that. Here's the description. Years after escaping from a residential school together, two young men's paths cross again. This time, they are men fighting in one of Canada's best military units in Europe during World War II. They see the horrors of war through soldiers' eyes, and they reunite with two nursing sisters, whom the two of them knew in their youth. So we'll give you that book and two others for any donation at all, from $1 to $1 million uh, if you call in to our Fundrive line, which is 604-822-8648. And we still have, as far as I know, we still have two tickets to Alexis on Fire on November the 27th at p Forum, and we still have two tickets and a $50 booze tab for 30 Live at the Forum on December the 2nd, which is next uh, Thursday. And we still uh, can give you tickets to purely cabaret and that's happening this Thursday and this Saturday at the Evergreen Cultural Center in Coquitlam and we'd love to give you uh two tickets for that for any donation that you would like to to provide us with so that we can uh come closer to raising $30,000 we're sitting right now at 18 uh Just over eighteen thousand, and uh we need your help to to get to the top and the arts report in particular is trying to raise uh three hundred uh three hundred dollars just you know just from arts report listeners and we are well over two hundred dollars so just a few more donations and we will reach our goal for three hundred bucks and w- come one step closer to that thirty grand so please call in to six zero four eight two two eight six for eight. Uh, one other little announcement. This one's for fuse kids and parents can have an extraordinary time with ordinary things at the Vancouver art Gallery's family fuse weekend on November 27th and 28th, taking its cue from waste, not and everything everyday exhibitions currently showing at the gallery. Family fuse will offer an action packed lineup of performances and interactive activities, especially for families on the theme of the everyday, uh, waste, not, uh, I checked that out a few weeks ago for the regular Fuse night at the Vancouver Art Gallery, which is sort of like a, basically a party, basically a party where you can go to the art gallery and, you know, there's DJs and dance performances and, uh, and of course, the exhibits. So it's like a cool way to see the exhibits in a much more sort of lively Friday night kind of uh, atmosphere. And, uh, yeah, there were a lot of people there, and so that made it, you know, more interesting than, say, a, a typical uh you know perusal through the art gallery but this show wastes not it was kind of a celebration of junk it was uh, an artist whose mother was uh, was a pack rat and um basically collected anything and everything and i mean everything from old uh from pop cans like things that should be recycled you know pop cans and wrappers like candy wrappers all kept and preserved and put on display in this huge room where it's just mountains and mountains of really elegantly organized junk. I mean, there's things like uh, bird cages. There's uh, what look like sculptures, but really they're just styrofoam. You know, when you get electronics and then you have those big chunks of styrofoam around the you know the, the TV or the computer that kind of protects it in the box, like huge blocks of of styrofoam are just kind of standing up and they look like you know because it's an art gallery so everything starts to look artsy you know like a door in the corner you're like whoa i really admire the positioning of this door but, so it's kind of it's kind of neat to see um not only just the accumulation of stuff because i mean i think to some extent all of us hoard a little you know most of us will keep things i mean i keep things that are kind of personally relevant to me you know ticket stubs and things like that um but some people excuse me some people really go all out and keep everything like this woman and so not only do you see it as a sort of um marvel at how humans can collect junk but it's also you also kind of see into this woman's life because she has you know her kids toys and uh, and fabric like beautiful fabrics all nicely stacked and, and uh, put into drawers like they just bring the whole chest of dra- drawers and they open the drawers and, you can, and so you can see all the, the tons and tons of fabric that, that this woman has collected so it's really in a way it's kind of touching um, yeah so you can still see that uh, and bring your kids out and have uh, and have fun at Fuse this Fuse sorry Family Fuse weekend at uh, the Vancouver Art Gallery on November the 27th and 28th so check that out so um, yeah so I guess I'll officially wrap up the show here but uh, we'll play some music and other fun things for another 15 minutes and, uh, and all that good stuff so I'll just um, I'll thank everyone that was uh, a part of uh, this week's uh, show uh, thank you to Simon who was in the studio w- with me here doing uh, all the button shenanigans as well as thank you to uh, Jasmine Jasmine uh, who helped uh, uh, put the show together? And um, let's see, what else can I tell you? Ah, yes, you can subscribe to our uh, podcast on uh, citr.ca, or um, or or what else? I'm losing my I'm losing my ability to to uh, to speak, so I should probably just uh, take a break. But thanks for listening to this week's show, and join us again uh, next week. For another uh, exciting arts report I'm going to leave you with uh, one kind of fun thing that I've been meaning to play forever a few weeks ago we did an, an interview uh, for a show called the park also, uh, from Studio 58 and uh, we had a couple of guys here and uh, there was a bit of a there was a bit of a blunder that happened uh, on air that I deleted but I, I made sure to, uh, to keep it um, so I'll just play that for, uh, for you right now thanks for listening and um, I'll see you next week petition battle petition war it's a petition war all and right. uh getting stuck in the middle is
4: excuse me <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
2: nowadays we all know that cash rules everything around us cream get the money dollar dollar bill y'all